Hello, I'm Brooke Johnson. Welcome to my father's podcast. For this week's message, or any of the messages in our archive, subscribe for free on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bethel Christian Fellowship is a church that relies on the support of its community. We consider you a part of that community, and we would love for you to participate in our financial life. You can do that at our website at drcraigjohnson.org. Whether you're new to this space or a regular pod listener, we're glad you're here. We believe that this message will bring you hope, encouragement, and guidance. God bless you. Good morning, family. Could we greet our streaming folks today in the house? Welcome. Welcome. Oh, it's so good to have you in the house of the Lord today. And uh, uh, initially I thought I was going to teach, but this morning I'm going to prophesy. How many of you would like to hear a prophetic flow this morning about what the Lord's going to be doing in the next few weeks? Uh, I had a wonderful message all planned with notes and all, but Sandra got the nicks on that. I said, no notes. I will read my text, though, Acts 16, 11. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. May God bless the reading of his word. Beloved, we are on the cusp of God Dealing directly with mixture. Did you know all throughout the Bible, whenever there's mixture in the things of God, the Lord often has to come in and divorce the mixture. Do you remember when Jesus took his whip in his hand and what did he do? He cleansed the temple. Do you remember the temple of God was to be a house of prayer? But over time, the religious leaders had transformed it into a den of thieves. You've heard me mention this thousands of times, no doubt, if you've been following our ministry. But if you look at a map of the Temple of Herod, it was massive. And the area called the Court of the Gentiles was the largest area, about the size of the Thousand Oaks Mall. And it was the only place where non-believers were allowed to come and seek God. And yet those running the temple thought it would be a good idea if they could uh, bring in all their pre-approved animals for sacrifice. And when you came 100 miles with your animal, they'd find something wrong with it. And you would have to buy their animal at an inflated price. But before you could do that, you couldn't use your coins because they had the image of the emperor. So you had to exchange at a high rate, by the way, to get uh, temple tokens like Chuck E. Cheese tokens. And so they had you financially coming and going. You innocently entered into what was to be the house of the Lord, and you, you had to go into the court of the Gentiles if you were a true seeker after the living God, and yet the religious hierarchy had turned the court of the Gentiles into a den of thieves. You couldn't hear yourself think, let alone pray, with the sound of coins and with the sound of animals braying. And when our Lord, the Lord of the temple, comes 
comes in, he sees this mixture. He sees this holy place now made unholy by what seemed initially good ideas. Did you know you can start with a good idea, but it's just not a God idea? Well, we'll just sell them uh, pre-approved uh, sacrificial animals. That, that, that should help them. But after time, good ideas that aren't God ideas become visible for what they are, corrupt ideas. And now there's mixture in the temple. So when the Lord of the temple came, what did he do? He brought a whip and he divided and he subtracted all the mixture present. And he kicked over the tables and he let all the animals loose and they're running all over the place. It looked like chaos, but in this case, it was holy chaos. Beloved, God is about to do surgery in our time. And he is going to remove the mixture in our midst. When I speak of mixture, let me give you another example, if I could, and talk for a few moments about the unfaithful priests versus the faithful priests of God. In the book of Ezekiel, we find an interesting passage. This is one of the, the most amazing passages I've ever noticed in Ezekiel chapter 44, verses 10 through 14. First, God speaks of a temple in the future, and he speaks of unfaithful priests. These are people who have an anointed gift, but their life is not holy. And he says, the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray and who wandered from me after their idols must bear the consequences of their sin. They may serve in my sanctuary, having charge of the gates of the temple and serving in it. They may slaughter the burnt offerings and sacrifices for the people and stand before the people and serve them. But because they served them in the presence of their idols and made the people of Israel fall into sin, therefore I have sworn with uplifted hand that they must bear the consequences of their sin, declares the Sovereign Lord. They are not to come near to serve me as priests or come near to any of my holy things or my most holy offerings. They must bear the shame of their detestable practices. Now you say, Craig, well, who are these people? These are priests that God has given gifts, but they don't have a holy life. And yet God is allowing them. God can strike a straight blow with a crooked stick. He allows them in the future temple, but they're allowed only to serve the people. They are not to minister to the Lord. But then there's a second type of priest called the Zadokite priests. And these are priests who have an anointed gift and an anointed life. And it says in chapter 44, verses 15 through 17, But the Levitical priests who are descendants of Zadok and who guarded my sanctuary when the Israelites went astray from me, they are come to minister before me. They are to stand before me and offer sacrifices of fat and blood, declares the sovereign Lord. They alone are to enter my sanctuary. They alone are to come near my table to minister before me and to serve me as guards. When they enter the gates of the inner court, they are to wear linen clothes. They must not wear any woolen garment while ministering at the gates of the inner court or inside the temple. Do you see the distinction here? The Bible says, in my house, in the very service of the temple of Solomon, get a mental image of the temple of Solomon, the temple of Herod, there was mixture. There were priests who have anointed gifts, but they don't have an anointed life. And they were allowed to be used only externally in matters relating to man, horizontally. But then there was the Zadokite priesthood. 
These are the double dose of the Holy Ghost children of God, and they alone were allowed to come into the holy place and be around the holy items because they had an intimate, personal, vertical relationship with God. Beloved, God is about to do surgery, and he is going to distinguish mixture. He is going to put his faithful ones on one side and his those that are admixed and administering just gifts without character. He's going to divide the two. Just like cleansing the temple, he divided his people from that which was destructive. And he is going to do a surgery so unique because he alone knows the hearts of his people. Mixture is going to be dealt with in our time. That means, and listen to this phrase, this sums it all up today. Actually, I could have just announced this and walked off, but I'm going to give it a little time (laughs) to develop. Right now, the Lord is lifting grace off people who are doing things that have been permitted but not blessed. Did you know sometimes God will permit you to do something for an extended time, but, but he's not blessing you? God will send you out on a task but not go with you? Now, these are the scariest words of pen or men. Do you know in the Bible there are situations where the Lord has given permission for us to do certain things, but he won't bless us? Has he ever allowed you to do something? Remember our, our example we gave two years ago? Psalm 106.15, the Bible says that he granted the request of the children of Israel, but sent leanness into their soul. Did you know sometimes the next worst thing to unanswered prayer is answered prayer? That he will give you something? Do you remember it was a place called, uh, it was in Numbers chapter uh, 11, the children of Israel murmured about the manna, remember? They said, we hate this manna, we loathe this light angel's food, eh, we don't want it, we want meat. And God said, excuse me, he said, you want meat, is that what you want? And it says that he brought the south wind and circumvented the elements and he dropped a bunch of quail. And it says they ate it till it came out their nose. It says that they asked God for something. He answered their prayer, but along with answering their prayer, he sent leanness into their soul. Have you ever gotten something you asked for and later resented it? (laughs) Well, Psalm 106.15, look at our culture. Sometimes God doesn't say no. He says yes, but you got to watch what you pray for. Some prayers have surgeon general warnings. And it was called the graves of lust. The people that dropped dead there had their prayers answered. And remember later, the people of Israel wanted a king. And God said, no, you don't want a king. I'm the Lord, your king. Uh, you don't want a king. They said, nay, but we will have a king. And remember they said, no, we don't, you, you don't want a king because he's going to take your kids. He's going to take your tithe money. He's going to put you in war. He's going to take everything you've got. Nay, but we will have a king. And the scripture says, God sent Samuel to give them Saul. Their prayers were answered, but leanness was sent into their heart. Did you know Saul was not a godly man? So they ordered him, and they, God served him up. He said, yes, permitted, but not blessed. You know, there's times in my life where I pressed through and demanded something that I wanted, and God said, all right, you can have it, but I won't bless it. You ever gotten anything that was permitted, but not blessed? In Numbers chapter 22, 23, 24, up to chapter 31, there was a prophet named Balaam. 
And Balaam was not a false prophet, but he was a wicked man. He was a diviner. And notice I started in Acts 16. Remember when Paul and his team, they just get to Europe. They meet Lydia from Thyatira. She is going to support their ministry in Europe. And as they meet for prayer at the the place of running water, a young woman with a python spirit meets them. Remember last week we mentioned that lovely python spirit, that spirit that doesn't bite you with venom but seeks to take your breath and absolutely squeeze the life out of any vital life? And we found out that spirit of Python was a specific divination spirit. Now, uh, I don't want to confuse you, but I, I was asked all this week, can demons know the future? And the answer is no, demons do not have knowledge of the future at all. But since their intelligence is far superior to ours, they can predict the future by simple observation and deduction. Uh, They have super intelligence and they can see the effects of certain causes that we could never see. They're like Sherlock Holmes squared. They uh, they cannot do supernatural things. They do not do miracles, but their their intellect is so far above ours. They can collect information at a level you can't even imagine. Now, you look at social media now. You think that's a big deal. They can trump social media with all the spatial dimensions they have access to. So they know everything about your family. They've had demons watching your family all your life. They have people, they're like invisible boys and girls. They live in your home. They live around your family. They know everything you're tempted by, gold, gals, glory, doesn't matter what it is, and they have a capacity to deduce things. Ever wondered how Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock can do that? He walks in a room and he sees just a little something on the floor that nobody else noticed. And then he puts that and 14 other things together and he can deduce everything. Benedict Cumberpatch. How many have the Benedict Cumberpatch uh, passion? All right. You like him better than Robert Downey Jr. I can see the room. I know who my preaching audience is here. Whoever you choose, there's a brilliance of deduction, right? There's no supernatural going on there, but sometimes you think he's supernatural. Demons are Sherlock 2.0 and even higher. So, no, they don't do miracles. No, they're not engaged in supernatural activity because they don't need to be, especially to deduce you and what you're going to do. You're going to get up in the morning and go, and you're going to walk down in your underwear. They, they pretty much have it down. So they could write it out in a scroll and put it off as a prophecy, and everyone would go, ooh, this is super, it's not supernatural at all. What I want you to see is this little girl was following them around with a spirit, a demonic python spirit, and it moved in close to Paul, and it moved near the place of prayer because they want you, they want to cut your voice out, want to, want to smother your air out so you can't pray and you can't praise. They want to create an atmosphere of heaviness and despair and suicide. And Paul heard she was technically true, these are prophets of the Most High God who show unto us the way of salvation. But she was deceiving everybody. She was, her hearers would have heard her say, these are polytheistic guys. These guys believe in many gods like we do. And uh, they're they're followers of Zeus, you know, the top of the heap God. And there, there was so much deception and mixture in what this little girl was saying. 
Now, you wouldn't hear it, but her hearers would say, oh, she's that oracle from Delphi girl. Oh, she believes in many gods. Oh, she's just under the influence of Apollo, the god of prophecy. Oh, she's just saying uh, they follow one god among many. And Paul would not allow this false teaching to infiltrate the church. Notice Python always tries to infiltrate the church. And if Python is not allowed in to choke the life and the air out of God's people, then the next step is persecution. Paul finally turned to her and said, I cannot allow mixture to crawl into this sacred prayer meeting in the name of Jesus Christ come out. Immediately that spirit came out and immediately her owners that made a ton of money from her gifting lost everything they had. Mm. And the first thing they do is they grab Paul and Silas and the team and they throw them down to the authorities and they have them whipped and they have them beaten and they have them stripped and then they throw them in wooden stocks and at midnight, they're now in the Philippian jail. Welcome to Macedonia. <laughs> Welcome to your destiny. Well, we thought, yeah, you thought. <laughs> Well, we saw a man in a vision that said, come over to Macedonia and help us. And who'd they meet? They met an Asian woman uh, named Lydia from Thyatira. Sometimes your words don't work out the way you think. And not only do they run into mixture, but once Paul casts it out, the, the, the python net and the ties and the roots underground begin to wrap all around these wicked men that have been making money off of her, and they have money with the political guys, and they wind up persecuting them. If Python can't infiltrate, Python will persecute. Do you see any attempts to infiltrate the church with false teaching? Do you see any corresponding threats if you don't agree with the culture? Python, Python. But the good news is, Paul saw this mixture, and he broke it up, and he cast that spirit, that demonic, lying devil out. Now, phasing back, look at Balaam for a minute. Balaam was a diviner. Balaam was a wicked man, but he was not a false prophet. What do I mean by that? This man had a lot to say. He said in Numbers, let me die the death of the righteous, and let my last end be like his. That's Balaam. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do? Has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? That is Balaam. And remember, he finally looked ahead, and he saw a star that was going to rise out of Jacob. Not now but he prophesies accurately the coming of Jesus Christ. So Balaam is an interesting guy, right? He's got a wicked heart, but he has got an awesome gift. This guy is so talented that the wicked kings of Moab call him in and hire him, and they say, look, we've got two million people on the border of our country. Could you come and curse them for us? We'll pay you a ton of money. Just come and curse them. And they knew Balaam was such a Steve Stunning, such a Rufus Glitterteeth. Whoever he cursed got cursed, whoever he blessed got blessed. And so they bankroll him to come in. Now here's what happens. God visits Balaam and says, don't go with these wicked men because you cannot curse what I have blessed. Don't go with these men. They want to pay him to stand on the mountain and curse two million people. <laughs> 
that are, but they've just seen the beat Sihon, just seen the beat Og. They're coming in, and these Moabites are terrified. And so Balaam gets a vision. Don't go with them, the Lord says, because you can't curse the people of God. All right, so here they come with all their gifts, right? Bring a few hundred million dollars in. And Balaam says, look, if you brought me all the money in the world, I just can't go. I, you know, I'm just not, I'm not allowed to curse these people. But stay the night. Hang out. I, I'll pray again, see if the Lord changed his mind. D- did you ever pray God had changed his mind like he said, thou shalt not commit adultery? One of those clear commands. But then you start going, well, but I wouldn't actually uh, involve myself in intercourse. So, I mean, maybe I'll go pray again and see if uh, uh, adultery uh, could be... Uh, uh, nixed a little bit and taken back down. I won't, I won't do intercourse. That, that would be adultery. My God, it'd be adultery. But we'll swing from the chandeliers and do everything short of that. Do you really need to go and pray and ask God what his statute is with regard to adultery? Now, when he said thou shalt not commit adultery, he meant the fat ones, skinny ones, ugly ones, handsome ones, tall ones, white ones, black ones. Whoever you are, don't have sex with someone other than your spouse. Period. All right, now that's clear, right? But let's go pray about it again. Maybe the Lord will give me an exemption or an exception. He told Balaam, don't go. And Balaam thought it out and went back and prayed a second time. You know, the devil never stops attacking, and God only has to speak once. Have you ever fought with everything within you to get God to change his mind? Lord, that's a straight line, but could you make it a little crooked for me? I'm going to go and pray with my prayer and fasting team and see if I could get the exemption from adultery with this particular married woman. Now, do you see what happens when you know something's right or wrong, when you know something's right or wrong, and you press against it anyway? Sometimes, you know what God said to Balaam? When Balaam rejected what God clearly said, God said, next thing, okay, go ahead with him. Go with him. Go ahead. I'm going to give you permission to go, but I'm not going with you. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute now. <laughs> permitted, but not blessed. Beloved, we are living in a time where God has permitted an awful lot. He's allowed grace to be on an awful lot. But in our culture, first of all, forget the church right now. In our culture, in the next few weeks, you're going to see God lift his hand, lift his grace off lives that he seems to have permitted them to exercise certain power, but he's never blessed them. You know, you assume if you get an office, God had to give it to you. Hold on. It may be permitted and not blessed. What a horrible thought. You don't want to be allowed by God to go anywhere and do anything that isn't blessed by him, do you? So I can go? Good. Oh, I can go. I prayed 30 times. Oh, good. Here we go now. Here we go. And God goes, by the way, but I'm not going with you, and you don't carry my blessing, and there's, there's no affirmation with it at all. Okay, but we're going anyway. (laughs) There have been countless lives that have been allowed to go and do and even fill certain offices, and they've been permitted but not blessed. And God's just about to raise the grace off a ton of them. Outside the church, in our culture, leaders at every level, and now inside the church of Jesus Christ as well. Did you see when I quoted from uh, Ezekiel 44. There were two priesthoods in the church itself. 
There were those who were being used. They had a gift, valid gift. You don't have to say, well, it's the devil. No, no, gifts work. You can, you're singing, uh, Celine Dion's voice will work if she's singing for Jesus or Satan. Gifts work. In fact, the gifts of God are irreproachable, and they always work. You can be a drummer for Jesus, or you could be a drummer for other kinds of music. And, and Vicky got up and left. Oh, my God, David. Yeah, yeah, no, he's just getting close to that table of the Lord over there. He have to protect himself. Do you see how gifts always work, whoever you're celebrating? But the point is, sometimes we don't know what kind of a spirit is operating through a legitimate gift until God lifts his favor off. But, Lord, you've been allowing this. You've been allowing this behavior in my life. I mean, you didn't say anything about it. Well, I did in the Bible a long time ago, but you just went on, permitted but not blessed. Do you really want to be serving in a ministry that's permitted but not blessed? Do you really want to be functioning somewhere in a job or where that's been permitted but not blessed? Do you really want quail when God just wanted you to have manna permitted but not blessed? Oh, Lord God. See, Balaam was permitted to even live. And he got up about six or seven times on top of the mountains, and every time he went to curse, a blessing came out of his mouth. But I want you to notice something. Balaam, all throughout the Bible, is called a wicked man. Well, God, God wouldn't, he's got, that would confuse us if God used wicked people. Hmm. That's all I can see in the room. Anyway, let me go back. Let me try my other glasses. These are the four magnification. Maybe I could <laughs> Maybe I could get a different view. Look again, Craig. <laughs> Do you see how stupid we are? We get the don't commit adultery and then we start praying about it. Get the fasting and prayer going. Well, is this someone else's spouse? Well, yes. I mean, we're all someone else's spouse in some way. Uh, you know how when, when your arguments get real weak, because you, you, you want to engage yourself in something that is allowed by God but not blessed by God. Beloved, we're living in a time where we're going to see real quick, like overnight, anything that's been permissed but not per, permitted but not blessed is going to stop, including human hearts. It's like God has drawn a line of grace, and he's saying, um, I was just wondering, did you all know that that road you've been on for 17 years was permitted but not blessed? You mean this road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you've done on that road? Yeah. Well, it stops now. That little girl with the python spirit had no idea that morning that she was going to lose her income. <laughs> when she shouted for the 15th time, these are prophets of the Most High God who show unto us the way of salvation. Shut up and come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. Bam! That familiar spirit was gone. Her means of income was gone. And boy, were those owners mad. And they used all their political poles and ties to get Paul beaten half to death. Now, he, he, we're not there yet. We're going to get in, spend a lot of time in the Philippian jail house in a few weeks. But I want you to notice that Paul let them beat the tar out of him, and he didn't say a thing. 
You know why? Because Paul's really smart, and Paul knows that a Roman citizen is not able to be beaten. And he just didn't mention throughout the beating that he was a Roman citizen. He let them strip him naked, beat him publicly, knowing later he'd go, you know what's funny? I didn't think you were allowed to beat a Roman citizen. Whoopsie doodle. That's the new season we're moving into, the whoopsie doodle season. Because did you know that these magistrates who beat a Roman citizen, now they weren't told he was a Roman citizen, and Paul didn't volunteer the information at that particular moment. He was busy praying for those beating him. Father, bless their families. Father, bless their... But Paul knew exactly where he was going to pull that gun, that little derringer later. They finally, they finally said, no. so you beat Roman citizens here. I just wasn't aware that was legal. And they went, what do you mean Roman citizen? They said, shh, get out of here. Please don't say anything. Paul, please. They wind up on their knees begging Paul just to leave town. And Paul goes, no, I don't think I'll leave town. I think I'm going to make all those magistrates who uh, just forfeited their lives come down and have a little chin wag, little chit chat. Oh, they were scared to death. You see how God enters in and flips the pancake. Whatever is happening right now by the enemy's hand is going to be flipped that quick. And, and, and even, even that python spirit that was cast out, all of a sudden that woman, that young woman's life was redeemed by the blood of Christ. All of a sudden, the people that beat Paul were held to accountability. All of a sudden, the very jailer in that Philippian jail and his house came to Jesus Christ. The first major convert meeting was in that prison cell. Oh, beloved, God loves to go in where there's mixture, and he knows exactly what to parse away, and he knows exactly how to separate the wet from the water in a surgery, and that's what he's just about to do. There was mixture in the temple. He took a whip and took good care of it. Toot sweet. There was mixture in Ezekiel's temple between those servants that had a gift and no character and those that had a gift and character. And he drew a line between that mixture and he put his blessing on one of the priestly groups and removed it from the other priestly group. Beloved, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. Hold on. There's been mixture in that marriage. There's been mixture in that family. There's been mixture in that ministry. There's been mixture in the culture. There's political mixture left, right, and center. But God knows just when to lift the grace. Do you know what I mean by lift the grace? Have you ever had just grace for a certain thing in your life? God just doesn't hold you accountable for it. And then like a Tuesday hits and he goes, oh, by the way, you can't do that anymore. I'm not going to bless that. That's been permitted, not blessed. Yeah. Do you know, do you know in the tabernacle, <laughs> there was the outer court where all the folk were. Then there was the inner court. You came through that door and you were able to come up near where the brazen altar was. Then there was the holy place where only the priests could go. Then there was the holy of holies where Indiana Jones and the Ark of the Covenant. All right, you know that. All right, good. So there was the outer court and the, and, and the holy of holies. Well, here's the thing. You, what you were allowed to do in the outer court, you'd be killed for in the holy of holies. The same behavior that could, would, was allowed that was permitted but not blessed in the outer court, if you tried to do the same behavior in the Holy of Holies with the ark, you would be struck dead by God. Now, what changed? Location. 
Y'all can do that out in the outer court, but try to bring that into the holy place. First of all, you can't come in the holy place unless you're a priest, so you're dead there. But if you tried to bring any of that behavior in, you were knocked down by God. The devil wasn't allowed to kill you. God directly struck you dead. So where there's grace for certain things in the outer court, don't try to bring that any further. Just a suggestion. Well, I, I broke through that first gate in the middle of the night. No one saw me. Hold on. Hold on. Whatever has been permitted but not blessed is soon going to be exposed as such. And it's done by God. And you know what? God's the only one that can do it because he's the only one that knows human hearts. Someone say amen. Did you know sometimes you did some crazy stuff, but he put grace on it? He permitted it. He never blessed it, but he permitted it because he knows the difference between rebellion and immaturity. God's people don't know the difference in your heart, but Jesus does. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't it great that he let you live? You fell in the same mud puddle of sin they did, but you came up and you never smelled of what you fell into. Ever. And you just, people go, well, why? Well, a saint can fall in the mud, but it takes a pig to live there. God knows your nature. God knows your heart. God knows that you were allowed to fall into the same pit, and yet someone is killed for it, and someone he puts a hand in and pulls them out. That's because he knows your heart. And God judges not on the outward, as men do, but he judges the heart. Isn't he wonderful? You've been drinking grace up all your life, beloved. If it wasn't for the grace of God, if not for grace, where would we be? But we're coming into a time now where uh, the Balaam spirit is so foul to him, and that Python spirit in that little girl is so foul to him, and that divination spirit uh, uh, is, is, is so uh, infiltrated the church and the world that the Lord is going to yank his string, and he's going to lift the curtain, and he's going to start pointing out what he allowed, permitted, but never blessed. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the blood of Jesus. Remember I told you the first time that I went to Nigeria and they announced the next day I was going before Prophet Amos, the premier prophet in Africa. I started putting my sins under the blood from womb to tomb. (laughs) You ever done that? Just put a certain event of your life under the blood, just make sure the bleach got to everything. My son Grant used to have a thing. He said, Daddy, I'm so sorry. Jesus just ran out of blood 15 minutes ago. There's no more for you. (laughs) Whoa, thank God we're never going to hear that. But I was intentionally putting every sin in word, thought, and deed, anything I could remember from 12 on under the blood because I figured, "Mm -hmm, no prophet's not going to do anything but greet me warmly. And he did. And he knew I did that too. (laughs) I saw you putting everything under the blood. Move on. Permitted but not blessed. Is there anything right now that God has been permitting but not blessing? Well, it's time for us to put that under the blood. Because you know what? We are going to be cleansed by his blood, and we are going to be presented pure as snow. Father, we thank you right now that uh, starting right in this room, right at this moment, Lord, we ask for the blood of Jesus, the blood of the God-man that fell down that cross and ran down that cross, Lord, over your own body, covered in blood, Lord. Thank you they didn't break your legs because your heart was already broken. 
Beloved, the Lord's Spirit tells me that many of you have not had to have your legs broken because your hearts have already been broken before him. When they came to the cross, the two were still alive, but Jesus died of a broken heart for the sins of the world, and so they didn't need to break his legs. I'm talking to some folks that God has not had to break your legs because your heart is broken before him. Lord, we pray right now for your grace and your blood and your cleansing, your forgiveness to just come through our lives right now. Lord, anything that's been permitted, permitted but not blessed, that you would address that by your mercy, your love, your grace, and the empowerment of your Holy Spirit right now. Lord, we don't want the mixed heart of Balaam. We don't want the mixed gift of that girl with the python spirit. Lord, we don't want mixture in our temple. We, we don't want mixture, Lord God, in the priesthood of service. We want to be Zadokite priests. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you would lift the sins, the weight of condemnation, guilt, and false shame as well from the shoulders of your precious lambs right now, Lord. Let the blood of Jesus cover them and cover them deeply and profoundly, Lord, right now. And Father, right now, we just, we just ask that you would displace anything that has been permitted but not blessed, that you would address it by the blood of the Lamb right now. And we thank you, God. We pray for our country. We pray for our world, Lord, as you are, 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 are unmixing the mixture, as you are firmly moving in order to remove grace from those that have been permitted this, that, office, permitted wealth, permitted giftings, permitted prominence in the world. But right now, you're about to lift that grace off. We just ask that you would be, be merciful, Lord, even in your judgment, be merciful in Jesus' name. Comfort your children right now, Lord. But do let the righteous smite me with kindness, oil, so choice. Let not my head refuse, Lord. Bring us correction from your spirit and your people. And let us live, Lord, and shine as stars in the firmament of heaven in this next season. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. May the Lord give you peace, sweetheart, blessing, encouragement, and refreshment in a time when people seem to be going under the waters of destruction. Your little ark's floating right on top of the waters of destruction. Beloved, axe heads are sinking. Arks are floating. Don't worry about it. The waters of destruction are the answer to your prayers. Just hold on, be bold, be strong. The Lord thy God is with thee. All arks are floating. All axe heads formed to look like arcs are sinking. So be at peace. So just know the next few weeks, as you turn your television on, what's going on? All that has been permitted but not blessed is being uncovered and being shown for what it is. Unless it's under the blood and placed uh, in the next few weeks, it's going public, all of it. So bless his holy name. He's a mighty God. He covers his children with his blood, but he exposes those who will not repent and who choose to let mixture guide their life. He, he reveals them for what they are in truth. Isn't it good to serve him? Isn't it good to be on the right side of the cross? You just stay behind his cross, hidden behind his cross. God bless you. We love you. David, come lead us, would you, in that beautiful table? David is going to bring the elements of the table of the Lord, and I, I just thank you for letting me prophesy today. And we'll see if that prophet's a true prophet or a false prophet. You'll see real soon. And there you have the language, permitted but not blessed. Anything permitted but not blessed is going to reveal itself as such 
in Jesus' name. You don't need to gossip about anyone. You don't need to collect information about anyone. God is more than able to do this. Amen. So you just pray. John Bunyan said, he that is face down has no fear of falling. So you just stay face down in your personal life with Jesus, and you let him deal with everybody else. Say amen. Come on up, brother. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the worship. May the joy of Jesus be with you all. This holy table is a divider, a divider of mixture. Jesus established this to remove the mixture of the old covenant and give you the new covenant. Isn't that cool? So many times the enemy wants to drag us back into the old covenant, but thank you, Jesus, that we're now under the new. Now, I think the last time I was here, I was mentioning, because Pastor Craig loves to talk about us as the jewels of God in his treasury. And I love that imagery because I felt like I got a vision that just like in the Old Testament, the high priest had a breastplate of the jewels that represented the different tribes of Israel. And each tribe was a different type of jewel. And then I just had that vision that Jesus is our high priest. We're on his breastplate, that we're close to his heart. And that you're special and unique. You're a unique jewel, unlike anybody else. And then I felt the Spirit tell me, lift up my people. And at, at first I just thought he meant encourage. But then he led me to this verse. It's John 8, verse 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light, which is life. So today, God is lifting you up through the table of the Lord, and he's looking at you with the light of Jesus behind you so that you shine, that you glow, that his magnificence is being displayed through you. Isn't that beautiful? And I said, I will speak the word of the Lord because Scripture says that by his body, broken body, we are healed. By the stripes that wounded him, you are healed and made whole. Let's break the bread and let's partake. Jesus established the new covenant through his broken body and also through the cup, through his shed blood. So now let him shine through you. The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for you. By one single offering, Jesus has forever completely cleansed you and you are perfectly 
in his acceptance. Thank you. Let's partake. The good news, brothers and sisters, is that you can lift yourself up every day by just confessing his word of grace of all that Jesus did for you through his sacrifice. And may we be blessed continually in him. God bless you all. Oh, we also, we've got a financial need. If it is moved on your heart by the Holy Spirit to, to give, we uh, just pray that you will to help us so that we can continue worshiping together, sending out these messages together. And uh, may your giving be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, please visit our website at drcraigjohnson.org. There you can find additional messages of encouragement. And if our ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider us in your ministry giving, as we depend solely on the financial assistance of our listeners like yourself. Also, please feel free to send any personal prayer requests. You can find us online at drcraigjohnson.org. God bless you.